Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Howdy folks, welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 536 for December 13th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another host, Kyle. Hey, it's me, Kelly. I tried, you know, I noticed that my name was in the middle, so I, I said I would main host primarily to see what would happen when you guys did the next <laughs> That was very smooth, very smooth. I, I only gave mess. Kelly a, like a I'm half not- second of like, hey, no, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you oh, did. That's, uh, I'm going. That's all you needed. All you needed, right? Uh, Kyle, why don't you tell us what you did guns this week? Uh, well, my holsters from We The People came in. So this is the holster that I got for the Taurus. Dope. And yeah. so far, I'm actually pretty impressed. Like This wing is probably the best like holster wing that I've come across, mainly because just sits so far away from your actual belt clip mm-hmm. and it it tucks that right in I wore it there today and also create with that it creates a good spot to to grab on the pistol so so far I am actually yeah, pretty impressed with that yeah and uh, the other one I'm wearing because I'm actually really impressed and surprised with this so nothing there what? <laughs> I thought you were going to be appendix carrying it or something like that. No, it's on the side. <laughs> yeah, no. It, the Zev conceals with just a light flannel. So. Yeah, yeah, but you live in New Mexico. And right now it's flannel season. Is it really? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Especially after living in a summer of like 100 degree weather. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it's 52 degrees here. We actually on the weekend. We had it uh, 24 degrees Fahrenheit, so minus six in the morning. Chile. So. so. Flannel. Yeah. yeah. But, so, and then I have it installed in the truck, but uh, there's the holster for the Zev with the TLR1 light. But uh, they have a clip, and I've already installed it in my truck, but with their belt clip. And so I can take that out, and it just clips right underneath my dash. Nice and handy, so I don't have to, you know, try and tuck it in a console or, or anything like that. And so again, I, Kyle is yeah. living in the U.S. Everyone that's listening, that's not used. Yes, to that. And I try not to rub Freedom. in stuff, but this week is a rub in episode, I guess. <laughs> that's correct. But uh, also, the comp for the Zev came in, so yes, it really. And I took it out, so we had a range day. On Saturday, went out to the range, did some training. It was super windy, so we only we only set up a couple steel out 25 yards so we could shoot close if we wanted or, or go back. This comp, yeah. holy cow, that is nice. Make a difference? Oh, yeah. yeah. First shot, I'm like, 
Ooh. Yeah. Cool. So, so yeah, tried out the Zev with the comp. Uh, played around with Springs on the 2011. And while I would love to run the 13-pound spring, I think I'm going to end up running a 9-pound in it. I just I don't think it's going to be uh, reliable enough with the 13-pound spring. And, yeah, tried out the new unrivaled buffer on the AR as well. And that one, th there was a little bit, there was a very subtle difference there, but there was a little bit of a difference where it was just that little bit nicer, a little bit nicer with that uh, two-stage spring. And I mean, I didn't expect a huge difference in it because like going from JP silent capture to another captured uh, buffer and buffer spring, didn't expect a huge difference, but there was enough. And yeah, like that, you barely even feel it. And then, yeah, played with the PCC a bit as well. So yeah, it was pretty full couple hours there. I did some concealed draws as well. And last week, I had uh, spent a few nights doing, basically, it's a security uh, training course. It was an online course, so I spent a few evenings doing that last week. And uh, it was it's actually Sheepjaw, Sheepdog. Uh, what is it now? Ah. Sheepdog Church Security Association or whatever. And it was decent. Definitely geared to somebody who hasn't really been in the, the, the shooting side of things or like doing anything tactically or even thought of it. But I mean, there was a lot more in it than just the shooting. Like there's mass trauma care, uh, all sorts of stuff in there. It was actually overall a good course, but definitely want to continue on with that. And, uh, reason I took that is because a while ago I was asked to join the security team at my church. Nice. And I accepted. And then last Sunday. Again, so, you're in the U.S. Yes. Security team at the church. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so we don't I have them here because we can't. What would you have as a security shift. team in Canada? But there's ushers and stuff in Canada. They're just not armed. They're not armed. People. <laughs> There. Well, they got like back. brass knuckles. They got like <laughs> <laughs> little little boot boot knife or something. <laughs> yeah. Old ladies with the purses. Oh, go ahead. Yes, there you go. The grandma with the purse. That's the one to watch out for. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did my first shift on Sunday, and yeah, so it's it's a little different for sure. But uh, definitely want to do, like I said, do more training. But yeah, it was cool. It was good. Don't really expect to have to do much, but on the same token, the way the world's going, it's always good to be prepared. Right. But uh, other than that, yeah, I played around. If people have been on our Facebook page or YouTube. They saw I got bored and played around with some AI imaging over the weekend. I definitely need to get better at it, but there were some funny results there. There were. And, uh, Guess I gotta do one up for Kelly and the women's division. All the girls loved it, so guess what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get to. <laughs> I will get. I thought you might have had a hand in that. That maybe that Wilson one was that you? I saw the Milt Wilson one. Yeah, I doubt was not me. No, Kelly, did you ever no, play I, in that? I did. Oh, everyone's no, just using AI these days. Wilson yeah. <laughs> wants first done. I said, hey, we'll we'll yeah. get it all. 
we'll get one for all the women's team. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll get on and do that. I guess I'm going to do one for work as well. So, yeah. But uh, other than that, yeah, I've got a meeting tomorrow night for the shooting club because we are having just a quick little steel match on Saturday for our regular monthly match. And I haven't decided what I'm going to shoot. I'll probably shoot limited and PCC because I don't want to take the comp off the Zev, so I won't shoot carry optics. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it for my long-winded week. Uh, Kelly, how about you? Uh, so going back to the Wilson thing, I know who actually did that. So it's uh, the people at Obessa Percy who did it. And um, yeah. So I spent uh, some retailer shops uh, using AI to like make uh, social media images for like sales and that kind of thing. SFRC is doing it. I think Bullseye yep. I saw doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Might be the same person doing it for both of them. Just saying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time on the road this past weekend with the CCFR Gunny Girls. Uh, the executive team uh, were the originally were the OGs and literally the OGs, old gals as we like to call ourselves, <laughs> the broad squad. Um, but <laughs> I'm not sure if you can see that or not. Can you? Half, yeah, you can kind of. Uh, that's our getting girl calendar. Um, it is available. It's available on the website. If you uh, unfortunately did not see us uh, across Ontario this past weekend, then you missed out on the calendar signings or in Calgary. We had some of our getting girls go there and do some calendar signings as well, but to go and get your calendar at the, I, I just posted on my Facebook page. I'll post it on Slamfire later. Um, but Go and purchase it because guess what? You can officially, um, Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll show mine, Kelly. What, what's my turn? <laughs> yeah, I can't just your mouth. It's we got some weird <laughs> Robocop stuff going on here. Anyway, on the back of it, there is a sticker. Go and read it. And in January, you can register it. It's through email. I think most people understand email. It's 2023 mm. going into 2024. Hopefully, people understand email. Send an email with your DMs now. Sorry, it's all DMs now. Stop. So, (laughs) (laughs) send an email with the registration number that's underneath of it, as well as your contact info to that uh, email address, and you'll get registered, and then you can win prizes. Uh, So, what I did was um, I spent a ton of money this past weekend. Uh, every store that we went to, I decided that it was appropriate for me to buy stuff for myself for Christmas because. Why not? And also, I really wanted to support those uh, gun stores that are supporting us. So we started off at uh, Bullseye, uh, which is in London, on the Friday night. I'm going to tell you, remember last week when we were talking about buying stuff for those calend- for the um, sorry, for the gunny in your life? I found mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. And this is the stuff that I needed when I was cleaning my guns and also things that I never thought I needed, but I knew that I needed now. Again, you can't probably see this. You just wrap oh. it up and put it under the tree. It can be for you. Just It's from Santa. Don't worry right. about it. So I bought uh, Reg Will's new book. It's called Zeroing in Optics. He's uh, pro staff for uh, Vortex. He ha- He's one of the biggest influences in Canada on uh, optics. We had him on the show years ago. Well, uh, I, I think 
Yeah, Adriel, you and I were on the show with uh, Trevor as well as Matthew. Um, but he many, has a brand many moons ago, many, many, many moons ago. So uh, he has a brand new book out. He's, as I said, he's a pro staff for Vortex. Um, I'm going to get him to sign it next time I see him because he's here in Kingston. Um, what else? Oh, um, I got walkers, but they're re- they're rechargeables. Um, in black because that's felt. Um, but I also got that. Um, I got these at um, Shooter's Choice. Um, I got them. One reason is because um, the last pair that I gave somebody at one of our maple seeds, they took off with them and never gave them back. Um, but the other reason is it's rechargeable, so I can drop them into my range bag or my kit, and then just if I get them back, I can recharge them. So fantastic. The other thing that I got, and it's specific to um, what I need on the range, because we all know that maple seed, you're on the range for about 16 hours a day, or 12 hours, it ends up being 16. And uh, we're going to be doing winter seeds here, but my feet are the first thing that get cold too. So I got electric socks, rechargeable. Dope. Yep. Right move. Uh, I can't can't see in, but we, we assume there's some socks there. So... Yeah. I was thinking about it. Like they had vests, they had, but I'm going, no, the only thing that actually gets cold on me is my feet. Even though I have really good boots, my feet get cold. So I'm going to get electric socks and they're rechargeable as well. So a um, couple of other things that I got, I got shorts that are, you know, going to be, I can wear that are going to keep the sun off for Ipsic shooting vortex, just because, you know what? It's a little cut shirt, and I can wear it on the range and get draw bass stop down me. Uh, I picked up some stuff for the kids. At again, you can't. Okay, f- screw it. I'm taking this off. Just hold on a second. La, 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 la. Virtual background stuff. Hopefully, it's the background. Yeah, that you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I got a splatter ski and splatter stuff for the kids at uh, Maple Seed because. Trying to come up with new stuff for them. Make it interesting. Okay. Um, remember, oh, I got a new knife because I needed one. It's Ooh, it's nice. actually, it's not bad. I was looking at one that was about 300 bucks. And then I said, no, I'm going to lose it. And that would be bad. So I wanted something that I can actually just slip in my pocket. Because all I use is multi-tools. I got about three of them on me anytime I'm at the range. But this one's a knife. And it's actually be good for hunting as well. So... It was about 80 bucks, and if I lose it, I'm not going to cry. Not that hard anyways. Um, I got stuff for my range bag, but again, stocking stuffers. So I got black, white, two things of tan, patches for Ipsic. Cool. I got these. These are flat brushes for cleaning your your guns, right? I was trying to get Hmm. into that trigger group the other day, and I'm going, I'm going to get some Q-tips out. These would have been perfect. Um, I go through, so I just picked up some CLP the other day, but I go through a lot of it because it's used at every maple seed event. I also go through a lot of ballastol and then I picked up some cleanse oil too. So, you know, just making sure that everything works. Uh, ballastol is so- a good idea just because it's like non-toxic and you can just spray it on anything. I love it. Yeah. I just got the all- most effective, but it's safe. Yep, I spray it on. Yeah, yeah I usually. 
I usually go through a can at least and a can of CLP uh, per summer. So uh, I just got some brushes, some brass brushes. I got some four brushes as well that I can actually throw in some shoot bosses um, kits so that they can actually. 25 cal. I need 25 cal. Yep. Um, the other thing I, I needed and I didn't know I needed until I actually, I, I bought some punches as well. So brass punches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a lot right now at the range and I'm doing it for the new shooters and uh, they actually as part of their ATT course. Uh, I needed more snap caps because I have all mine in the maple seed uh, trailer. So I bought more snap caps from my bag so that I can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else? Oh, um, probably one of the, mm, I bought, so DSG right now is actually having a sale on all their stuff. And if you don't know what DSG is, it's, um, it's gear that's made specifically for, for women. So I've got a new, I don't have it with me because it's being delivered to me, but I bought this past weekend, I bought, um, new set of pants uh, they're actually bibs and i got a new jacket and then i got two new um gaiters as well neck gaiters that are fleecy one in um one in camo and then one in um high vis orange i got that for 250 bucks it was a steal mm. all of that uh the last thing that i got and i think this is actually my most favorite thing that i got this past weekend so i got the hat that i'm wearing and then i got this other hat uh, these are the two hats that uh, uh, the sh- uh, Select Shooting Supplies and Range uh, 519, they don't have these anymore. And uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Dean Carr. He went to his personal stock and gave me these. Uh, my last two hats, everybody knows that I love baseball hats, right? I wear them all the time. I wear them at work. I wear them all the time. And these two hats are my most absolute favorite hats. Like you're putting actually a nice t-shirt or towel on like, there's no pressure points. It's very comfortable. Anyways, I don't like the hat hair, though. You don't have any hat hair. You don't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I wear them all the time. Um, so growing up with a, um, you know, a puppy, brand new dog, she really liked my hats, too, because they smelled so much like me. Uh, so she decided to get into my hats one day. And um, she destroyed my two hats. And so Aww. I was so upset. Um, but I was told Dean that I'd buy them from him. And he goes, no, here. Um, like, these hats are worth a lot of money. Like, I think they're like 60 bucks a piece just because of their makeup of them. There's no seams. There's no there's no buttons on the top. And as I said, it feels so good on your head. So I just want to give a sh- huge shout out to him. I want to give a huge shout out to Trevor at uh, um shooter's choice who also hosted us this past weekend uh sfrc who was fantastic with us i got to drive uh one of ryan's new trucks it was an xlt i think it is international there's only like a thousand of them that were ever made and he let me drive it he was wrong to do that but he let me drive it anyways (laughs) (laughs) what did you Uh, crash into nothing okay so why was it wrong I don't know. Um, but he also gave me a bunch of these. So these are Fuck Trudeau stickers. I think there's about a hundred of them here. So 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to, anybody who writes into the show and says they want them, I'll mail them out to you. You have to promise that you're going to put them on your car though, or someplace that's visible. So Santa was very good to me, Russ. Uh, he's making a comment that Santa was pretty good. Santa was very good to me. Um, yeah. I spent a lot of money this past weekend, but I had a great time with ladies of the CCFR, the Gunny Girl calendar, ladies, all of the retailers that we went to. Again, we went to Select Shooting Supplies. We went to SFRC. We went to Bullseye North. Um, and we also went to um, Shooter's Choice as well. Such a great time at all of them. By the way, if you're in Ontario and you want to go to one of the best, and I mean best, um, archery ranges as well as um, bow um, shops, go to Shooter's Choice. Um, yeah. And I just want to give another shout out to Andrew, who is somebody that is at Bullseye North. He was working Friday night and he's great with everybody. Sold me all of this stuff and uh, he's going. He was so excited to see Tracy and all the gunny girls and everything. And then he couldn't figure out. He said that he was, he said, I know your voice. Why the hell do I know your voice? I know your voice. <laughs> Anyways. And then he, I had to give him my name and he goes, Oh, you're from Slamfire. I said, yes, I am. So I want to give a huge shout out to him. Say hi. That's it. Oh, one more thing that I did last night is if you haven't already listened to it, go and listen to uh, she shoots. We did our end of year podcast. It was with Kathy Wolf and we were talking about mm -hmm. outfitters. So she is um, somebody from Northern Alberta and she pretty fantastic lady. So yeah. go listen. To I was listening in. They didn't comment. But... Yeah. All right. That's me. What about you? A drill. Uh, let's see some stuff and things, I guess. Uh, what stuff and things did I get up to? I, oh yeah. Visited the range. So to hit the range, packed a pile of guns in. Cause I've, I've got a bunch of reviews that, uh, they need some shooting, shooting footage. Uh, hit it with the wind 94 Swede rifles, Nork CF 98, a couple other things. Uh, the Winchester 94 is like my grandpa's it's, I don't know, up there on the, on the wall. Um, pretty good, pretty good. I was shooting one fifties, one seventies, just to see what, uh, what was what. And, uh, I like the one fifties, the one fifties. I was making like really consistent hits on the small. There's, we have a six inch plate out at 200. Yeah. And, uh, I was making pretty consistent hits on that with the, the one fifty grain bullets. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll use those. That's, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's about max range for a 30, 30, right? 200, 200 meters, 200 yards. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll stick with that. Uh, I fired that Swede, which is that guy right there up on the wall with the scope. Yep. That, so this one has a really heavy stock on it, like way heavier than some of the other ones that I was playing around with. That's kind of nice. There's no recoil to the thing. You just shoot it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's recoiling, but you can hardly even tell. And the trigger on it's nice and light. And, uh, and actually... All the bubbling that was done on it, yeah. it was done for a purpose. The safety bubba, the bolt bubba, it just, you can just run it and it just works. So I'm um, actually pretty happy with it. And I think I'm going to shoot a deer in the face with it next year. And although I got like some reloading supplies for 6.5 Suite, I don't know if I want to reload for it or not. Maybe I will. I guess I got the cases. I got 6.5 projectiles. I got the powder. I got everything I need. 
I'll just reload for it. Um, while I was out at the range, I was there with my buddy Thomas. Uh, I was, you know, I mentioned those Calibri. Like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. He found some and picked some up. And uh, this is a, so it's a, a 22 LR shell. It's got a 20 grain bullet on top. It only does 420 FPS. Mm-hmm. If this was a pellet gun, this would be uh, not even a firearm yeah, uh, in, in consideration it for it. I have, and, about, um, I have mm-hmm. about five or six boxes of that. Have Do you, you ever caught the bullets of them? Have you ever like fired them into like sand or something like that to catch no. the bullet? It's a pellet. Is it's it? a pellet. It's got a skirt on the back. It's a pellet. It's not even a bullet. <laughs> Which kind of kind of makes sense, I guess. Like that would be. Yeah. Where else would you find a twenty grain twenty two bullet? It's very quiet. Uh, I fired it, and yes. I was like, "I think I got a squib." And they're like, "Nope." I'm like, "Did you see it hit anything?" I didn't. I was firing at fifty meters. It was like, oh, hitting the ground, hit like b- b- under. Yeah, it's target. not going to make. Way it's not going to make fifty. No. So you were no. shooting it out of a rifle. Yeah. It's not recommended. Uh, it worked. But just yeah. saying, like it's yeah. recommended shooting out of a pistol, right? As okay. opposed to a rifle. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just saying because they say that it might not exit the barrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's slow. It's really it slow stuff. Yeah, I, I posted a, a picture on Instagram and some people are talking about like some other rounds out there that are pretty quiet. But unless you go, there's a there's a CB short, which if you do it the CB way, you get like a, a lead ball and yeah. a short with no powder in it. It's just a short 22 with primer and a ball. And there's no friction on it, so it scoots out the barrel. If you do it like that, yeah, you can get something quieter and slower and, and uh, less recoil, but this is pretty on the on the brim of what's acceptable to be shooting out of a rifle. Uh, my Nork, I took my Nork uh, NS522 out, and I got a couple of... Um, not light strikes, but just not, like not hard enough. And I think my striker might be dirty, so I'm gonna should take a look in there and see if yeah, it's got, like congealed with oil. It's been a while since I've shot it. Maybe it's dirty, or or maybe the spring's just wearing out. I don't know. But uh, anyway. I'll take a look. I shot the uh, the Nork CF98, which is that uh, that crazy Chinese pistol. It just eats everything. It was fine. There was like nothing. I, I will say one thing about it though: the trigger pull is so long, and the reset is so bad that a couple of times I got trigger freeze, where I was like. But why isn't it? F- oh, I have to uh, let my finger rate uh, way out and then pull it again. And then finally it starts working. It's like, oh, yeah, this isn't a shadow. This is a military pistol for a military that it would only really use just to execute people. Okay. Yeah. I need to take my finger right off. Uh, so that was the range visit. Fantastic. Great time. Uh, I bought a GSG 16 because they've, I think they still have them at Cabela's for $3.99 right now. Yeah. Three ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. So actually, a good price. My kids been using both. My kids uh, both used my my red dot ten twenty two, which is great, but it uses ten round mags, and they have to reload often. And ten twenty two mags just like aren't that uh, tactical. You gotta like they're they're hard to put in. They're hard to put in a pouch. I I mean I've printed some pouches just recently here. But th- this is like as of the last like couple of months here. So uh, the GSG 16s, like I wouldn't run the, the drum mag because those are, in my experience, like not reliable enough for, for a kid to use them at action shooting. I'm thinking like three gun and, and steel challenge and that kind of thing. But the, the 22 round stick mags 
are fine. Mm -hmm. And they have a, a little tab on the side to make it easier for them to load. So my kids can load the stupid mags. Uh, so that, yeah, I bought one. It, uh, for $3.99, it was, it was hard to say no to. So yeah, I picked one of those up. Now I'm looking at like, oh, what do I got a 3D print to make this thing look like an MP5? Not much. A little four in stock. Or maybe I just get an Airsoft version. I don't know. Not quite sure. I've been 3D printing <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Whole bunch of stuff. Uh, actually, while I'm talking about that, so this is a design you can find on Thingiverse. This is like a, a 1022 mag holder. So you put that pouch on your belt and then you've got, you know, three mags that you can pop on easily like that. And uh, I, through the magic of changing the dimensions minorly, I've got one that fits a Savage A22 magazines now. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to post that. Yeah. Uh... I registered for my calendar, and since my video is doesn't have a green screen, there's there's the calendar. There's a little tag on the back that says what to do with it, and uh, I have sent it in because uh, you can't I, I tell me what right. to do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, gift idea. You mentioned Ballastall. You know what? A, a what? great gift idea for an Ipsic shooter would be fiber what? optic, fiber optic rod. Oh, yeah. The whole ring of it. Right, because yeah. a lot of people will just use the same fiber optic year after year after year. Yeah. It's dirty. It breaks. It falls out. Then what? Oh, shooting. Never know what happened there. Mm -hmm. I like to, when my fiber optic rod gets like dirty and nasty, I cut it off. I throw Change it out. It. I put a new one in, do the little lighter trick to, you know, make it smush yeah. room in. And I've got a nice bright fiber optic for the next year. So I think that would be a cool idea for a, a gift yeah, idea for someone who's very serious about shooting because most people won't need to replace yeah. a fiber optic very often. Um, and then I'm working on setting my first PAL course right now. So just getting that set up for uh, for January. That's going to be like a friends and family kind of a thing. So setting that up. And then after that, I'm going to start. I'm going to go pro. Go, go, go pro. pro on, You're going to. Uh, the pal course it's gonna be <laughs> outside of the friends and family zone yeah 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 do some uh you know some traveling and, and some some training for that so cool i think that should be good oh i think i for i forgot one of my guns here okay we're not on youtube right now so no. uh, i got this a while ago this is the uh crossman american uh 22 cal pump action uh 22 pellet uh i i really like this um i have Missed a couple of shots on some game, and then you have to put a new bullet in there, <laughs> pump it loudly in front of the grouse. That's like I'm still hidden, right? You can't see me, <laughs> <laughs> and then crank it in the head, uh, or or miss it again, and then have it fly away. But uh, uh, Matthew, um, also from Slam Fire Radio, I was like, hey, you need, you know what you need. One of the CO2 Diana chasers, they take a seven round rotary mag. Thomas was uh, picking one up from Bullseye, and I'm like, I want one too because they're on sale. So, uh, yeah, I now have a, awesome. a Diana chaser as well. A uh, couple of this one's got the bolt handle on the left, which I really like because oh, it's yeah. very easy. It That's the side it should be on because it's a right hander. Whereas this other one's got like, you know, the AK thing, <laughs> or you just flip your hands over kind of thing, right? Um, the Crossman is lighter, uh, but the Diana is, um, 
it's got an adjustable trigger on it and the adjustable trigger goes way down low uh you don't have to pump 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 you can just, just put a new pellet in off you go and the uh the tray in there you can actually pull out and then pop your seven round mag in but i gotta find one so uh that's the next challenge is finding one but uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. You can, it's got a, a bit of a weird grip shape on it. I wish it would, wasn't so weird, uh, but uh, it's all right. Very and flat the, uh, the front, yeah. Yeah, the bolt, you can actually pop your, your left thumb up on there to kind of act as like a gas pedal kind of a thing. It's super accurate. At 10 meters, I'm drilling them into like an inch. So I can't complain about that. And uh, if I miss on a grouse or something like that, it's. Uh, I have, to, I have to blame something else, something else entirely. So we'll uh, we'll see what that what that's going to be. Let's move on to upcoming events. Uh, shit's cold. That's it. News. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. C twenty one is uh, doing its thing. It's going through. C twenty one will be in. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it'll yeah, pass it'll be before in. Christmas. Sorry, guys. It will, um, um, go ahead. with no, like, what does that mean, though? What do you mean? What do you mean? Nothing. Nothing. What changes will happen after C21 passes? Oh, nothing. Nothing will change. Senators uh, are already saying that nothing's going to, like, C21 is not going to do anything. It's not going to. Now, what will change? Pass. They're going to, they're going to fuck with mags afterwards. They're going to put yep. it in bio. They said they're going to. Said C21 is going to go in. Then we're going to do this OIC. All mags going to be five rounds, no matter what. And yeah. for long guns. And what does that mean? Does that mean that this Savage A22 10 round magazine is going to get limited? Well, maybe. Does it mean that I need to, you know, hacksaw my bodies in half for the 10 round mags I got? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, why am I not? I should be sharing this screen here. Maybe. So we'll see. I don't know, but hopefully, maybe. I bet it's going to mm. be the body thing. I bet you we're going to chop the. They're they're going to ask to chop the bodies, and people are going to say, "Oh yeah, that's interesting," and they're going to like put them in the basement and you know wait a couple of years, and the cons will get in, and all of a sudden they'll reverse all this stuff. I so hope that that's what's going to happen. No, I so hope that there's an election yeah. goal Uh. I'd imagine they'll, they'll they'll wait it out as long as possible because it, it it's not strategic to well, ask for they, election when you're when you're yeah. behind. No, there isn't, but there may be an unconfidence. But if you know the NDP get any higher in the ratings, I'm just saying. Oh, maybe. So if if the NDP all of a sudden get like if they think they're going to get a couple of extra seats, maybe maybe. Well, right but now right they're now, pull, right now they're polling almost as well as the liberals. Yeah, so. they're about the same. It's, and it's, it's nowhere. Yeah, so seems yeah. like Trudeau's making some boo boos lately. Uh, well, yeah. he always he's, is, he's got two anyways. years. He's got two years, and and uh, if the NDP get cheesed off with him, or if they feel like they can get more seats by kicking him out, well, then they will. Even his own uh, party are not agreeing with him on stuff right now. They'll never vote no confidence though to kick them out because afterwards they'll be reduced to a shadow of their former selves. It's, no, it's I know that's, that's what's going to happen. And, but the, the, 
the silver lining is they can't dig themselves oh. out. The economy is so bad and it's not going to be fixed over the next two years. Like housing affordability, all these kind of oh. problems are not going to be fixed over the next two years. It, the, the election will go forward. No lose um, regardless. Anyways, with that cheery thought, let's get into, uh, let's get into <laughs> oh, gun smoke. One more. Uh, but before uh-huh. we go, there was a Kingsville. Uh, Kingsville. Uh, so they're local. One of their local um Councillors put forward a bylaw amendment. Oh, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. Kingsville is kind of near Niagara Falls slash it's in southwestern Ontario. Anyway. It should be near Kingston, right? Because it's Kingsville? Yeah. Right. No. Kingstown. We were Kingstown. You ever see the show Mayor Kingstown? It's filmed here in Kingston. No? No. No? Okay. Never heard of it. Really? Go look it up. Jeremy Renner's on it. Yeah, no, never mind. Okay. Yes, I know. Does Does he look good with his shirt off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Seems Hawkeye. like something you're focused on. Talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's filmed here in Kingston, if you didn't know. Anyway, uh, Kingsville. <clears throat> so one of their counselors was. She said that she wasn't actually trying to take guns away from people, but they were trying to ban uh, guns uh, as well as um, bows in areas uh, because you know what? People are starting to complain and the city's getting bigger or the, she was trying to ban a a firing range, right? To kill a firing range. No, it was, it was somebody's. So it was a private range. Oh, it was a private range. So the guy is, he's on agricultural land and he has his own private range that's been inspected by the CFO. Um, however, the amendment that they were trying to do or the bylaw amendment that they were trying to do was for all. But specifically, he was targeted because of essentially where he was. So uh, he oh. came and he spoke. He went and he spoke. Uh, it was one of the biggest turnouts they ever had at uh, the the meetings. Um, but the, he went and spoke and he did a quite a good job of, uh, and he, um, hit on several points about how he spoke to noise and he spoke to how they're mitigating that and how, um, also the, um, how they're the safest they've ever been. He answered all of the other counselors questions. Um, so when they went to do the vote, they asked for somebody to second, uh, the amendment to go forward and nobody wanted to second. (laughs) 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 So tough crowd. (laughs) Yeah. So if he didn't show up and he didn't speak his piece and if the, um, the constituents didn't show up. I think somebody would have seconded it and it would have passed. So what that means is you need to go out and you need to actually speak with your municipal government. You need to actually show up. If any of this stuff is happening, you need to actually go and uh, represent us as gun owners and do it well. And hopefully, you know what, none of this bull crap will actually pass. I do know that there's other ranges in, uh, particularly in Ontario. I do know that there's one in southeastern Ontario, and there's also one in southwestern Ontario that are currently battling right now their municipal governments, and I'm hoping that they don't get shut down. So, go out. Be loud and proud. Yep. That's all. Hmm. Cool. 
Yeah. Let's get on to new gun stuff. New gun stuff is brought to you by Bullseye North. Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and proud supporter of the CCFR with a wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Uh, free shipping over $250. Some exclusions apply. I don't think that next piece is accurate, is it? Yeah, it's brand new. Oh, so they have $17 flat sh- rate shipping for orders below $250. That's neat because some of the some of the other retailers have been running like really good sales, but then just screwing you on the shipping. So yeah, mm, that is good. $17 flat rate below $250, free above. Simple, simple. I like it. Or just go in and say hi to Andrew. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew. Uh, one of the and things Scott. that they have available right now uh, that you might be interested in is the uh, the CCFR Gunny Girl calendar. So yeah. if you're buying some stuff from them, you might as well get add one of these on top. It's 25 bucks. Uh, and uh, yeah, pop it onto your order. Go in and specifically ask them if they have the calendar. I would dare you to do it. Just say, I'm here. I demand a calendar. I would like one of those <laughs> have calendars. have my $25. No. Nope. Cold, hard not, cash. Not I would like. I demand. <laughs> I demand my calendar. Go buy a calendar. Go buy some ammo. Go buy a gun. There was mm-hmm. a gun that was calling me the other day. Which one? So it was a 12-gauge um, Benelli. It was $2,700. I wasn't going to buy it. Super Black Eagle? No. Super no? Sport? Yeah. No, the Super Sport's over three, I think. So Maybe I it was on sale. And mm. I was looking at an SKS that was $800 and going, Whoa. no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. They're cool rifles, but not for $800. Not, not, for not $800. $800. They were cool at $400. Uh, they're amazing for 200 i would say even 400 they're like what else are you gonna get for a semi-automatic center fire 400 bucks nothing mm. nothing yeah but at five six they're they're a little bit harder to spend money on speaking of inexpensive rifles uh wolverine supplies has the apc 223 uh this is also in the value priced uh range for uh for <laughs> five five six rifle no it's it's 4800 bucks <laughs> <laughs> This is the non-restricted 18.8 inch version for the barrel. Uh, Non-restricted. It's got the cool stock on there. And uh, yeah, not cheap, but this is, this is one of your buy once cry once kind of a kind of rifles. Yeah. The uh, Kelly's mm -hmm. face when you said that was a budget gun. And (laughs) (laughs) Kelly knows I don't, I don't have $4,000 rifles. Um, the Garmin Zero with an X C1 Pros have been starting to uh, show up in stock at various retailers. These are the much smaller radar-based chronographs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the previous version, like the Lab Radar, um, was pretty revolutionary where it came out because you didn't need to shoot through it. Uh, it could get the velocity of the bullet at several different distances, but it was very big and it needed a big battery bank if you were going to mm-hmm. be out at the range all day. Uh, the Garmin Zero is incredibly small. It's much more compact. They're eight hundred bucks ish, and uh, they're going to take over the market. These are going to take over the market for cronies. Like yeah. maybe a couple of people will still buy the one or two hundred dollar ones just to have something cheap to shoot through once in a while. But anyone serious is going to start getting these things because uh, you don't need an extra duffel bag to carry the stupid thing around. Have you seen any comparisons on this to the Labrador? 
I ha- I talked to no. a couple people who now own both, and uh, they're like, "This one's good enough. I'm just going to take it." I don't know about the the differences at different distances enough. There might still be. I assume the Labrador was designed like it looks like an engineer designed that fucking thing. So I, I imagine like there's some good reasons why it's so large. Um, I'm just not sure if they're practical enough for for most shooters to appreciate, um, given the extra size and bulk that it has. Old people, old eyes. Right. <laughs> the bigger display. No, even the display on it isn't that. It didn't big. have a big display. No, That's right. <laughs> you would hook it up to your phone or, or whatever. That would be the the key. And and same thing with this one. This the display on this one's quite small, but you mm-hmm. hook it up with your phone and you you get all your your data through there. Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, these are on uh, sale all the time, but Victory Ridge has the bug assault. Kyle, you have some thoughts? Love it. This is for adults only, 18 plus. No shooting your kids in the face with salt. Well, no, that's kids aren't shooting you with salt. You can shoot your kids with salt. You give both your kids one of these and you say shoot each other. It says do not shoot in the face or eyes, but. Well, yeah, who know, wants salt in the eye? Uh, you know, kids, I guess, if you give them the okay, guns. So. There's these ones. These ones you're supposed to actually shoot flies, basically, with them. Uh-huh. Not each uh-huh. other. Not that it doesn't happen. <laughs> it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the one where you have marshmallows. You put it in. By oh. the way, yeah, those marshmallows are under pressure, and they actually hurt when you get hit with them. <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. Or you could use these for the flies, right? The Calibri. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's a terrible idea. Entertainment this is a 3.0 model. Greatly mm-hmm. increases odds for in-flight takedown. This is the 3.0 version. Well, so is that like the barrel. shotgun version? I don't know. I've never owned one of these things. I don't have enough flies in my house to to need like a firearm dedicated for them. For fly eradication. Speaking about bugs... The Henry Bugout Rifle uh, package that Frontier Firearms is selling. It comes with a, uh, a Henry AR7, which is like a, a semi-automatic 22 that fits all in the buttstock. And a bunch of Bugout stuff. It's got a tourniquet, emergency foil blankets, emergency food supplies, a knife, uh, some rope, and a bunch of other nonsense in there. Hmm. If you're looking for uh, a gift for your uh, survival-minded friends uh, yeah. that... Uh, packs all down i guess that okay yeah you wouldn't want like a full center fire if you're going to go out with one of these things just add some ammo to it i guess yeah it's got mm-hmm. the daytrex 1000 calorie emergency food packets which my kids love this is what they put on like uh uh what do you call it those boats that you drop off the side of a bigger boat when it's going to sink lifeboat a lifeboat <laughs> yeah they've got they're packed with these things and it's mostly sugar that's why the kids love them but oh, okay uh, yeah, a couple times I've been to the range and the kid, my voracious teenage boys eat all the food and I give them the uh, the sugar packets, the, the emergency food. They love it. But anyways, uh, Frontier oh, has those. I've been looking for them recently and they're, they're just cost too much. I've Since COVID started, uh, the, the cost of these things has been too high, but I'm hoping they're going to go down soon. Tony says that... Uh, He's going to write a review for the salt gun for next week. Mm-hmm. So he must have one. 
we need to know how it performs on little children's eyes. If you can, uh, <laughs> take care of that. you just know if it's as uh, bad for them as as they say it is. Hey, Russ wants to know who won the maple seed and did they get their meal? So, what? I won this year. You did not. I I'm gonna pull up the data. You know what? Last year you won, but with your late entry data. But this year I got it. <laughs> Barely, but I got it. What do you mean last year I won? Last year you won. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know I won last year. The dip. But previous you got, you, year. You, you're like, oh, I got to still put in my maples, my mad minute metrics, and you didn't put it in, and then you finally put it in, and it was like, and I won. Really it was already the next year, so I mm-hmm. just didn't didn't pay any attention to that at all. And this but, year, uh, hmm? and this year, uh, with false metrics. data, Mm-mm. with false data. Why would I use false data? Okay, so uh, 2023 results. Hmm, those are far worse than uh, than Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i won last year did i win last year i must have won last year <laughs> i won last year look at this like absolute resounding victory 218.64 okay, versus 218.51 yes. resounding yeah you, won, yeah you won last year and you haven't gotten your sandwich yet and then yeah you're waiting on kelly this, for year, this year yeah you won by a little bit yeah a, a little <laughs> bit on this year yeah but last year that was the year that <laughs> uh, yeah. okay so i owe you a sandwich then and i owe you a sandwich mm. let's just call it even we don't need to do the, the trading sandwiches flying across the country yeah you do okay. <laughs> what's the cheapest sandwich i can have delivered that's what i'm gonna look up that was a anyways what sandwich and it was subway and it cost you too much money to do that. I think you had to add on chips and a pop and a cookie. Yeah, but you did that live on the show. Hey, you did it live on the show. It was awesome. <laughs> Maybe next show. We'll do a, a Christmas themed one. Yeah. Anyways, your well, sandwich. The main... <laughs> hmm. Anyways, why don't we get on to the main topic? So for the main topic tonight, we decided to ask Joe Farewell to come on and tell us all about uh, match video analysis or is everyone takes video of their stages and post it to the gram or whatever. And uh, Joe's really good at analyzing stuff. And so you can actually get use out of that match video. So Joe, why don't you introduce uh, yourself and tell us who you are? Well, thank you guys for having me on. First of all, it's uh, always a good time to hop on here, but um, so my name's Joe and I shoot a lot of things all over the place. Um, I get to shoot and teach full time. Um, I, I have a background in law enforcement and then left that to do full time firearm instruction and, and competition. I love I love doing it. So that has led me to. Well, first of all, the background of it led me to um, learn to get really good at dry firing and also, ironically, uh, analyzing myself through video, analyzing my matches um, because that allows me to do it on the cheap. Because when I got into this, I was broke as hell and, um, being able to do this 
on a budget was really important. So getting good at dry fire, getting good at low round count drills, and then analyzing video to make sure I'm, I'm actually making the most out of my training uh, was a big part of that. So thank you guys for having me on this. It's a fun topic for me because I enjoy this, um, this sideline because I take video of everything. That's awesome. And I think you're living the life that pretty much every shooter wants to live. <laughs> well, I, I, it is possible. It is uh, not easy. It's a lot of work, but it is possible. Um, I'm super fortunate. I just a couple months ago moved into a new place where I now have my own range that I built. So uh, about three weeks ago, my range got finished and now I have 300 yards off of my back porch um, to a 50 by 50 yard berm, which is like wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So you're yes. going to be doing courses out there or still travel around, do courses other places? I'm still doing a lot of traveling around. Uh, I won't, I'll, I'll do some, you know, little, maybe some privates here and there, but uh, for the most part, this is just for me. Um, I have neighbors that are reasonably close, so I don't want to abuse that too much. I don't need to have, you know, 10 guys out here, 12 guys out here shooting all weekend. Um, <laughs> that might piss some people off, but they know that we're out in the boonies. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be some shooting going on. Um, so that it is what it is. But uh, if I start abusing that, that's when people start getting upset and then you have yeah. to answer questions and the cops show up and they're like, Oh yeah, you're, you're out here, but we still showed up and said hi. And it's like, it's just things I don't want to deal with. I've dealt with before. <laughs> I've had another private range. Um, and that just the area grew up so much around it that you barely could go out and shoot without somebody calling the police. Mm. That sucks. It did. And then it got shut down because too many people moved in. So yeah. it's a, mm-hmm. it's a funny thing down here in Florida. Everyone wants to come to Florida and it's growing up. Yeah. Can't be much space left there. <laughs> There's plenty of it if you get yeah. in the right spots, but yeah. it, it sure is filling up pretty quickly. So, but that's all right. I mean, that's, that is the way it is down here. Um, other places are emptying out. This place is filling up. So when you have, freedom and you know, Ron DeSantis, um, then people want to come here apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, um, I got a question for you on the, on the match video analysis, maybe like a, a high level question before we get too far in head cam, like GoPro or third party, someone like running cell phone, which, which do you like? Both. Um, I have recently started running a head cam, um, just this year actually and i've done it before and i've you can get some valuable things out of that head cam um but you really get a lot more in my opinion you, you generally get more out of a good analysis of third person um and the reason for that is, is you know hat cam you can see you know, some of the vision things that we work on the vision cues um you can see if you're over driving on your transition or under driving you can see when you had the gun up in certain places, but you can also see a lot of that stuff in third person. And in third person, you could also get to see your structure. You get to see your footwork. You get to see um, just a lot of, a lot of, you know, a much bigger picture. Now it's important when you're having somebody film you at a match or like it, I film all my practices too. Like if I'm going to go out and, and train, for instance, um, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was the day before yesterday, I went out and trained for, you know, maybe 30 minutes. I had a, a time to go out and hit the range and I just throw my tripod up and I'll do a couple reps, literally like two or three reps and I'll watch the video. And what that allows you to do is it, it, 
it helps you correct things immediately in your training cycle. So if you're going to hit the range and you're going to practice on, on your own time um, and you don't have somebody who's able to be there and be like, Hey, you're doing this, you're doing this. And you have a coach um, having a tripod set up with your phone. You can do a couple reps, go analyze it. And this isn't just like, go watch the video and see if you like it. And if it's good for the gram, like I, I, you guys don't realize like I shoot a lot. A 10th of a percent goes onto the Instagram, right? So I might go do a, a two hour range session and I'll post one, you know, story from it. Maybe I'll make a post out of it, but for the most part, it's like one story of one drill and that's, that's all I'm going to put up there. But for the most part, I, I still film everything because I want to go back and review it. What am I doing? Is my structure correct? Is the, what happened when I messed up the reload, right? Um, was it just because my angle was off. Like that's how you effectively use um, your training footage but in order to get that, I want to see everything. So I, I usually put it on a kind of a wider frame, wider lens, because um, I'm using my iPhone. So I, I'll put it at like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6, something like that. So I get to see more. And then, um, you know, stop and take a break during my training to see what's happening. And if you're using somebody to match to film, then it's best if you have somebody that you're like friends with and you'd be like, hey, that last match you video freaking sucked. Can you try to make sure that you're not filming the back of the RO the entire time and actually get around the RO uh, or like you're, you know, you get the ones that like they're holding the phone up and they're like this, like, Oh yeah, that's really good. You're, you're, you're doing great over, over there. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's how you started. Um, and that's always fun, but like coaching your videographer a little bit and say, Hey, I want you to stand over here because I'm going to be, I'll shoot these first two targets. And then I'm going to run over this way and I'm going to get like, that's obviously that's taking mental bandwidth away from what you're focusing on for the match. But if you have some of that, or if you have a buddy who you guys can film each other um, that you go to matches with consistently, that's the best way. Um, and I actually did a video on this a couple of years ago. I think probably three years ago, I put a video on my YouTube called how to be a GM videographer. I think is what it was called. Um, and I did that with Riley Kropf and we had a great time doing that because like we, we took all the things that people did wrong in, in um, match videography and we're like, let's figure out how to fix all this stuff. So we, we talked about how to get the right angles and how to stay you know, ahead of the person. And so it was, it was just a fun video. I'll see if I can find that. Maybe we can put that in the, the cool. description, but yeah. Um, yeah, just some good tips on how to get good video. Yeah, that's um, that's actually one of the reasons why I ended up using I end up using a hat cam uh, a lot of the time is because at least the hat cam frames <laughs> the shooting the same every time. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but with the third party, yeah, if, if you're not shooting squatted with someone that you you shoot often with, uh, it it varies. The quality yeah. varies quite a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, um, like I said, if you can find somebody that you're going to matches with consistently, and then just like have a conversation with them, because most of the time the problem is. is nobody actually talks about it. It's like, well, you actually have to like communicate what you want or they're just going to keep on doing what they're doing. And the same yeah. goes for your shooting. But luckily I get my kids to do it. And as they're getting old, I, I can give them crap. <laughs> <laughs> feedback, feedback. I can give them feedback. Constructive the angles feedback. and the meetings yeah. shall continue. Constructive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> Your allowance is dependent on whether you frame this properly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, why don't we break down what you're like looking for in a 
match video because obviously you're you're checking out splits and you know how fancy it looks right oh yeah that's all i care about because you know splits are what it's all about um actually before we dive into a match video, like the things that i'm looking for you know you can look at the stage as a whole and you can start to break down certain parts of it but i want to use match video for three different things first is what did we do wrong like how do we how do we build a training plan off of this match video um, and that's, that's what everyone wants to do. Well, I don't know. I, I say everyone, a lot of people will overlook flaws and there's like, ah, oh, it's a bad stage. I'm just going to delete that video. But if you have a bad stage, like what part of your stage process actually failed that you need to correct? So that's the first thing I want to do is look at what's wrong. The second thing I want to do is look at what went right. And this is something that a lot of people overlook, you know, again, going back to that, they'll have a good stage. Like, oh, that's a great stage. I'm going to post that one. But what parts of those stages actually went right for you to where you're able to say, hey, this I've been dry firing this for the last two weeks and I just watched myself do it like that's cool. That means that the, the practice that I've been putting in is actually working. So what's wrong? What's right? And then um, obviously we want to take those two things and start building a training plan based off of that. And then I also use match video a lot for uh, how to prep for a match. So if you get a big match coming up, I will start researching, you know, a couple of weeks out and say, all right, for instance, I got, you know, I got Memorial three gun, right? That match is coming up. I need to go see what, what the stages are like. Maybe I've shot it before. Maybe I haven't. If you've never shot a match before, definitely use that opportunity to go on YouTube, go on Instagram. If you know somebody who's shot that match before, hit them up and be like, Hey, I know you shot this match. Do you have any match footage from it? Um, and then go watch the stages and say, okay, this, you know, cause every match has its own particular flavor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida, the Florida open match, which is a USPSA match. They love longer targets with a lot of no shoots, a lot of hard cover. It's a very technical precision match. If I'm going to watch that video and I see all these stages have long shots, you know, precision shots, I'm not going to be going out there and working on, on hoser stuff. I'm going to be working on precision accuracy. Um, maybe you have a match that has a lot of steel or has awkward positions or, you know, a really shotgun heavy match. You know, those are things that you want to look at say, Hey, we got a match that's got, you know, 40 slugs in it. Well, guess what? You better be working on your slugs to make sure that those aspects of your game are on point. So those are the three things that are really used match footage for see what's wrong with your, your shooting, where you can correct what you need to be working on as you work up for the next match. Um, see what went right and what in your shooting is act or in your training is actually producing results. And then using that match footage, either your own or other people's match footage to figure out a training plan for a match coming up. How far in advance would you say looking forwards to matches? That's totally like person personally dependent. Uh, if you've got a, you know, if you're only going to shoot two matches, a, two big matches a year, I would say, um, then, you know, research those matches as long as you can and then practice for those matches. Um, for me, my big focus, like I'll usually start looking, you know, it depends on what, what my training cycle is. So I shoot on average now, I've actually slacked off a whole lot. I used to shoot uh, about 30 matches a year. I'm down to about 12 to 15 matches a year. Um and maybe even less than that. Uh, but most of those are all, uh, those are all big matches. I shoot very, I very rarely get to shoot local matches. Although I do love when I get to. So when I'm, when I'm working up towards a big match, usually I'm about a month out, month and a half out. 
Um, sometimes it's just a few weeks out and I'll, I'll sit down and kind of go through the match footage from last year and say, okay, this is what I need to work on. Or I just know what in my game I need to be working on. You know, I got, um, for instance, when I shot Memorial was my last big match, I think. Yeah. Memorial three gun in October. That was my last big match. And I knew like, I haven't touched a shotgun in like in, in two months. Well, I need to go hammer some freaking shotgun. I need to make sure my shotgun game is on point because they do have a good bit of shotgun. And I need to make sure my long range game is on point. And so those were the two big things that I really focused on. My pistol game was pretty solid. Like I didn't have any you know, major like flaws there that I needed to like help with because I've been shooting a lot of pistol for work. Um, and then my rifle game, you know, close range rifle is pretty simple. But the long range and shotgun was what I needed to focus on. So I just the, the, I had a couple of training days before that match, and I worked on long range, making sure everything was dialed in, all my holds were correct, and then some positional stuff. And then I worked on uh, shotgun. And the shotgun is specifically reloads, um, shooting on the move, and making sure my structure is correct. So multiple shots, making sure I'm not you know, getting rocked back at all. Um, and that's what I use that footage from is to, you know, to, to take a, get an idea of what I needed to work on for those, those matches. Now, if it's a match that I've been to multiple times, I get to, I, I know the flavor of it pretty well. Um, so building his training plan around that was pretty simple for those ones or for that match in particular. Okay. Uh, well, with the analyzing of, of footage, do you, break it down like between like shooting manipulation movement and like what are some specific things that you'll say look for on like the shooting side or like how, how do you i guess what i'm asking is how do you break it down to being more digestible so the the shooting side is really difficult to analyze when it comes to footage unless you're shooting a lot of steel because you're the one that's going to see the sights. You're the one that's going to know if it was a Charlie or a Delta or a Mike, or if you got all your alphas, um, unless you, like I said, you're, you're doing a bunch of makeups on steel. So shooting is, is one of those things that you've got to figure out for yourself. And then now the things that you can look at with shooting is how are my splits? Okay. Um, am I shooting a three yard target at, you know, 50 splits? Then yeah, we need to work on that a little bit. Um, am I sitting there maintaining consistent splits across an array of targets that are varying distance and varying sizes. Cause that's another problem that I see a lot is cadence shooting, which is a huge issue because if you're sitting there shooting a cadence, you're not shooting effectively for, you know, all but maybe one of the targets, maybe you shoot the first target at the right speed and then you're shooting too fast on the farther target. You're shooting too slow on the closer target. So you need to be able to adjust that effectively, but mm -hmm. overall like the, the hits that's going to be, like what you see in your sights in the moment. And you are the ones going to be able to analyze that. You can look at your score, say, Hey, I had, you know, 150 alphas and I had, you know, a hundred Charlies. That's not good. We need to make sure that we're getting the hits. Um, when, and then you can kind of start diagnosing what parts of that's you know, failing. Is it your second shot or is it your first shot? Is it, you know, are you, are you losing grip throughout an array um, so those are, those are little things. Then when I break down, like what I'm actually looking for as far as what I need to work on, it's, it really is match dependent. Now I used to do, um, quite a bit of match video analysis for people as a service I offered, uh, I'd be like, all right, pay me a hundred bucks. I'll, I'll go through your, uh, videos for a match and I'll, you know, analyze it and give you a training plan based off of what I see in the match. 
has stopped doing that because it's like time it's it's a big time commitment <laughs> online and like it's to me it's just it wasn't worth it but um it's still something that i got pretty good at like looking at a video and being able to say hey these are some things that you can work on uh, especially for myself like i still go through my stuff and, and try to build a training plan based off of that and and i'll do it twice typically i do it right after a match because i want to see with it fresh in my mind and i'll do it you know uh, you, maybe a few days later, a week later, next time I'm going to the range for a practice session, I'll, I'll kind of go back over those videos and say, okay, let's, let's go over this from a totally objective point of view and not with like a fresh mindset of, I just shot the stage, you know, still kind of living off that high or that low, depending on how the stage went, but kind of analyzing, um, off of an objective mindset, like, was the movement actually good? Did it actually look like we were doing what we're trying to do in a match? Or is there something we need to work on? Or vice versa, did it actually go well where, you know, I thought this was a really crappy stage, but when I look at it, okay, I actually did this, this, and this right. So these things, these three things that I've been working on in my training are doing are doing what they're supposed to be when it comes to a match. Okay. Uh, actually, I got a couple questions. First one, uh, kind of touch on you did what you were supposed to do. Do you ever look at a match video and come up with a different, like, oh man, that well, how, how did I not see that? That this would have been such a better stage plan. Not usually watching my own match videos, but I, when I watch somebody else's and I see it, um, yes, that's <laughs> definitely happened before. It happens less and less, and the more you shoot with good people, uh, it, it's less frequent but I've had it happen, especially when I've shot with like staff or something, or I've had to shoot through a match, which has happened a couple of times and you don't have time for like a big, you know, lengthy walkthrough and a conversation with a bunch of people to try to figure out what the best way is. So when you have that situation, you're like, you watch somebody else's video after like, God, how did that happen? And a perfect example of this actually turned into a huge rule change for USPSA a couple of years ago was nationals. And I think it was, 2019 maybe um 2018 2019 nationals here in florida i think it was 2019 and they had there was a rule in uspsa that and and it still exists that you could set your gun down and as long as you didn't move three feet away from it or six three feet away i think it was thank you three feet away as long as you move three feet away from it you could set it down on the ground and then you were fine like it, it wasn't a dropped gun as long as you controlled set it down the ground Mm-hmm. Now, the intent behind that rule was, hey, you're 50 years old, 67 years old, your knees are jacked up or you're out of shape um, and we sh- you just shot a low port and you g- need to move. Well, you can set your gun on the ground, get yourself back up off the ground, pick up the gun and keep on working. The problem is, is in multi-gun, that rule carried over to the multi-gun rule book. And so people took this opportunity to like run all the way down to the end of the stage, shoot all the stuff with a rifle, set the rifle on the ground, pull the shotgun out and finish the stage. And it was like, you can't do that. And <laughs> according to the rule, it was okay. And I shot with staff cause I was working the match. And I'm like, Oh my. And it literally cut the stage by like mm-hmm. a third of the time. Like, Oh, well, it is. I remember hearing about that nationals. Yeah, yeah, me too. (laughs) It was was a learning experience for everyone involved. And a lot, a lot of things actually changed as a result of that nationals. Um, And I, and I, I will say like USPSA has gotten better about like respecting multi-gun as a whole, uh, as far as like, 
creating a more you know, accommodating rule set for multi-game. Because when I first started this, um, I remember multi-game nationals was usually held in Oklahoma or Vegas. I can't remember. I think Vegas. Um, but they, everyone's like, you don't want to go. Like literally 30% of the match gets DQ'd for stupid stuff that you it's basically out of your control. And so it's just a DQ fest. And all the ROs are walking around just trying to DQ people. And I've seen that happen here and there. And it's, it truly is a shame when you see that um, because as an RO, I think that you should be using the rule to keep people in the game as much as possible. If somebody violates a rule, so be it. It is what it is. But if you're like out there trying to find some way to get a DQ so you can put a freaking notch in your belt, then screw you, dude. Like that's such a dick move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so going back to analyzing Sage video, my second question is, uh, I know I've ran into this and maybe you haven't, but you feel like you, you ran top notch speed through a stage or you, you, you moved really quick and then you watch the video and it's like, that looks slow as heck. What? The, <laughs> How do you deal with that, or how do you analyze that? Because that is probably the most common situation when it comes to match videos. Feeling like you were freaking John Wick, and then you you pull up the video and you're like, "Oh, I'm anything but John Wick." Um, <laughs> like the the Hong Kong knockoff Juan Wick or something like that. Um, so it it's definitely a situation where things feel fast and then they just aren't. And then you're like, well, how did somebody get three seconds on me on this super short stage? It's inefficiencies. Most of the time when you feel fast is because you're doing things that feel fast. And a lot of the time, those things are actually inefficient movements. You're, you're adding movements to your draw. You maybe you're going like this with your draw. Um, you're, you're squatting down as you're doing your reload. You're getting a lot of extra movement. Extra movement feels fast. And it's just not. It's it, When it comes to putting on the clock, the less movement that you can do, generally speaking, I'm not going to say that as a rule, but the less movement you do, the more efficient your movement is, then the faster you're going to be. So um, the other thing that is a, a super common situation is just lack of raw speed. And so when I look at is something that I teach in my classes and it's in my, my dry fire program as well. But when I look at any physical actions, so let's take, for instance, the draw, when I draw the pistol, there's three different things happening. Um, first of all, we break it down into raw speed and processing speed. Raw speed is your reaction to the timer. Okay. Or the reaction to the stimuli. Maybe it's a you bolt lock to the rear. Now I got to do a reload your reaction time. The second part of that is your um, physical movement. So from the holster, reaction time plus physical movement means I'm getting my hand to the gun, gun to the target. The target is going to require a different level of processing time. And that's based off of whatever the target is, you know, and that's really anything. Anytime that you're adding a shot onto it, it's going to be part of your processing. So re refining the side picture, prepping the trigger, et cetera. But the raw speed is something that nobody trains. Nobody trains that, or very few people, I will say, very few people actually train that as a skill set in itself. Everyone always adds on the raw, the, the, the processing, which means they're trying to get alphas. And you're not going to learn to go fast without going fast. Like, I mean, you guys have all seen Talladega Nights. Like, anyone want to go fast? Like, I, I want to go faster. Um, like, you got to shake and bake. You want to go fast, you got to go fast. So in order for you to learn how to go fast, You've got to move your hands faster. So one of the drills that I do 
is I take away the target. And it's literally how fast can I move my hand? First, how fast can I react to the beep? Um, how fast can I move my hands? Whether it's a reload, whether it's a, a draw stroke, whether it's a target transition, how fast can I get from point A to point B? Okay. Um, I do that with my movement too. But movement also requires a little finesse as you come into a position. How fast can I get stable in a position is what I'm looking for there. So those are those are different ways that I train based off of what I'm seeing in my videos. Like, all right, my, my processing was good because I was getting my hits. I, I wasn't lagging behind there. I wasn't taking too much time aiming at a target. I was moving pretty quickly there, but my raw speed was just garbage. And, and so I need to work on raw speed as a skill set in itself. Yeah, that's really interesting. One of the, uh, one of the uh, matches I did um, early on in, in, in three gun, uh, I managed to get a hold of like the top shooters video from that match. And I broke down like every little section. So I'm like, how is he twice as fast? Keep in mind, yeah. I was only shooting for like a year or two. So how is he twice as fast as me? And I broke it down. I was like, okay, well, uh, he got his shot off this many time, this many seconds faster. Um, he moved between this position and that position, and he was a big dude, but he still moved faster than me. Okay, yep. well, there's some foot speed in there. His transitions, like, okay, he started shooting here. He got done this target array in this amount of time, and I got it in this amount of time. So it was it was really helpful to like break down. Oh, actually, like the draw, like ah, I'm a quarter second slower. It doesn't matter. That's not where I need to practice. I need to practice foot speed, movement between positions. And it gave me like a real specific list of kind of things to work on where this other person was like kicking my ass. But I found that 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 activity to be super helpful because it broke down where I sucked and how much time I, I stood to gain uh, on each of these different like parts of, uh, of the stage. And that's a great use of, of match video, especially if you can get that. I've done that with, with friends of mine, like, Hey, send me your match video. I want to like compare some notes here because I noticed like, especially if you're not shooting with them, you're not, you're not quite sure. Mm -hmm. um, but doing that where you're at, it's time consuming. Like that's, that's some homework. I love that you did that, but you can really see, Hey, these are some areas I need to work on. So if you have that relationship in a lot of guys, even if you don't know, I'm like, Hey, would you mind like sending me your video from that stage? Like if you hit me up on Instagram and you're like, Joe, I saw you, your time on, on stage four of, of the you know, multi-gun nationals was a solid time. Could you send me that video? I'll I have no problem with sending that to you. Now, if you want to send me your videos from that and ask me to analyze it, I've had that happen before. Like I've literally had people out of the blue, like never talked to me before. And like, Hey Joe, here's six videos from a match. Could you tell me what I'm doing wrong? I'm like, no, no, I cannot. I love interacting on social media. I genuinely enjoy most of it, but some of them are like, dude, like I can't imagine going up to somebody and literally like, Hey, I noticed that you wash cars for a living. Would you mind washing my car real quick <laughs> for free? Like That'd be great. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. But anyway, yeah, just ask for the video, ask for the video of the stage. And then, and like you did crunch the, the numbers. So you can't go wrong there. Yeah. Well, luckily a lot of, a lot of like, um, well, not a lot. Some fast shooters will post their videos on YouTube <laughs> or Instagram or something like that. The whole match. So you can yep. just like, yeah. Borrow, borrow their video for inspiration, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, find where those. I mean, that's what it's there for. Like, I the, the only reason I post match videos is because it, I I I know I gained a ton of knowledge 
from social media when I was getting started out and I didn't have money for ammo and I didn't have money for classes. So I watched match footage. I watched videos and broke down what better shooters than I were doing and tried to emulate that in dry fire. And then I took the, the 50 rounds a week that I could afford and go out and test my dry fire to see if it was working. Like that's, that's how I started out in this. So <laughs> and it worked, it worked out all right. Um, well, I know we mentioned it a little bit before the show, but uh, I think Adriel and I got a, uh, a couple match videos ready for you to, to rip apart. If you want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pull it up. Let's see Angel, you want to queue up first? Speaking of people sending you stuff and asking you to analyze. <laughs> By the way, since we have that, you yeah. here. <laughs> hey, this isn't actually a podcast. We just faked a podcast so you would analyze a match video. Right? <laughs> yeah. No one's watching. There's, there's it's nothing, been no 10 one. years in the making getting you on here. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Like, I, I applaud your effort, guys. <laughs> no, let's see it. Let's break something down. Uh... I've got okay. I've got some really old stuff, which is going to be very easy to find some uh, some issues with. And I got some newer stuff where it's a bit it's fat. There's still going to be issues with it because I'm not a perfect shooter. But uh, uh, let's see. Present share screen. I think I need to do tab if I want to like get the audio right. Yeah. Let's do this one. This is six years ago, so there's going to be a lot of meat on the bone for this something like this. Okay. Right there. Pause it for a second. Yep. If we go back, and this is the, like this is something I was actually working on just last week, um, or just a couple of days ago. The the activator to target that that is what it is. Like, there's nothing you can do there. Make sure mm-hmm. you get your hits. Um, yeah. There's no no targets you can make up in the meantime, and it's a, a quick activator. Like you hit that, you shoot the, the swinger. One thing that I'd encourage you is like as soon as you break that last shot. Okay, we know when we're breaking the last shot. As soon as I break that last shot, I want to immediately go into my reload, right? Because you know mm-hmm. you're going to start reloading. So I want to have a reload done within two steps of my movement. Like that is, that's my goal, especially in a situation like this where it's like, hey, we we can be shooting really quickly after this. It should be priority goes to the reload, not the movement. So right off the bat there, you're taking like three steps before you even start your reload. And then you're not done with your reload before you get in the next shooting position. For sure, yeah, and um, just like so, a little bit of background: Canadian uh, pistol mags will hold ten. Our rifles will hold. Uh, I can't remember what I was shooting here. We've got a couple of like loopholes, a couple of ways of getting more than five, which is what we're supposed to have. But at least ten is, is what we're running. A little baby mag in there. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, this 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 one's a fifteen rounder. That's Ooh, I don't have any of those boy. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Beowulf, <laughs> five you rounds would... of Beowulf. Sorry. I you would think as Canadians we're really good at reloading, eh? Yeah, we have we have quite full belts <laughs> But yeah, I'd agree. The the reload on the move, uh yeah, definitely bad. It's muddy. Oh yeah. So one one thing right there, like just looking at match footage, I never want to brace my arm when I'm shooting pistol, especially one handed. And that's something that mm-hmm. you, you learn over experience and you see like 
new shooters do it. It just, it happens. Like you brace your arm. It completely changes your recoil and pulls. It's super unpredictable. Um, and because we're shooting based off of time and accuracy, yeah, you can get accuracy off of that, but the time to get the gun back on the target and stabilized takes a lot longer. So hmm. that's something I would definitely recommend not doing. I'd rather just punch my arm through and obviously you have to hold that up. Um, maybe you could drop that on your head and hold it with your head and, and run a two handed grip. We're um, required to run one handed on this stage. Otherwise, that yeah, that explains too. a lot of that away. But yeah. it doesn't it doesn't look like the distance was all that far. So probably it's not under, all that far, but you're not gonna get yeah. good recoil management with that. I mean no. it's, it's like yeah. a seven yard target, six yard target, it's pretty close. Um yeah. actually you guys are you guys meters or yards? They're practically the same. Tomato, tomato. They, they intermix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to learn I'm trying to learn how to speak Canadian, eh? We're bilingual up here. We actually do yeah, shoot in are, our, our ranges are meters, but we actually usually shoot in yards. Really? That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're, we're odd. We are odd. <laughs> yes. Oh, she's slick. Nice spinner. That was a good transition. Was I, I can dig that. Um, the, the only other thing I would say is on your gun transitions is something I work on a lot is most of the time, again, it's not it's one of those things you can't say always, but most of the time there's a way to do um, to transition left hand, putting a gun down and right hand, picking a gun up. So mm. that's something that I work on all the time is making sure that all of my transitions and dump tables are def- different than dump barrels and how I transition <laughs> is different. So um, again, that's something I dry fire and, and I have a multi-gun course that, that covers all of these transitions, whether it's table transitions or dump barrel transitions. Um, and so when you, when you do that, we want to be dumping, you know, like in this situation, I would want to hit shotgun safety with my thumb and I'd be putting shotgun down with my left hand as I pick up rifle with my right hand. And it takes your transition time down from about three seconds, three and a half, four seconds, depending on the, the speed of your hands, down to about a second and a half to two seconds. And my goal is to have yep. every gun transition under two seconds. Like there should be no reason that you're transitioning in, le- in over two seconds. For sure. And I th- and this is like way more than three seconds. One, two, three, guns up and I'm moving. Yep. Yeah, definitely got, got some meat on the bone on that one. Definitely a lot of meat on the bone there. When I look yeah. at when I look at three gun, it comes down to three T's. Transitions, transitions, and transitions. Okay. So you have gun transitions, target transitions, and positional transitions. And the only mm-hmm. thing I'd add on there would be long range. So gun transitions, you know, you're doing at least one to two per stage. And if you're losing two seconds per transition, that adds up a ton. Okay. Target transitions. This is one of the biggest things in every single match, regardless if it's three gun or, or one gun. Um, but target transitions are freaking gold. If you're doing a a you know 0.5 transition, and I'm doing a 0.3. I'm getting a you know 0.2 every single target transition we're doing. I'm going to win. Like I could shoot yeah. slow as hell, and I'm still going to win that match. Um, and then movement is obviously huge. Like positional transitions, place to place is a, is a big deal. So that's that's what I really look on look at for for uh, three gun. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I might skip to the last one here. This is a team match. This is the the most recent match that I shot. Team match, so like paired people uh, shooting. Uh, for this stage, I'll show like, and I think I talk over this one, so I might like turn it down because it's distracting. But uh, um, yeah, I shoot first, and on the second day, I shot second. But it was a uh, the second part involves a blind stage where you couldn't see the uh, the stage before shooting it. Well, that's tough. Wait, I'm not showing it. Wait, 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 wait. I need to present. I need to swap the tabs. Uh, that one. Yes. And the start position was nothing to write home about. Just low ready. And there's five targets on the back, two each. Okay. <clears throat> and unfortunately, we lost our ARs in between this. So this is like some fake AR that I'm using. Oh. <laughs> it's an AR-180. What is an AR-180? Yeah. Yeah. What is an AR-180? <laughs> <laughs> That's never, all we I'm use. So I, I, do, I do shooting for a living. I've never heard of an AR-180. So Armalite makes the AR-180, but we have like we have this as like a thing here. It's huh. it's the closest we can get to an AR, other than like some some more much more expensive options. Like uh APC two two three and that kind of thing. I still have the ARs. I still have them. They're just prohibited. Okay, so this part, this is blind. So you're going in here blind, not knowing what you're going to see. So on this one, the, the first thing I would say is on these transitions, we're pulling our arms in a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I you noticed see that. that too. So going from one side to the other, we're pulling the arm in, and, and you're kind of doing that like search and assess, and then punching back out. Um, and that's that would be the first thing I would say there is like transition. If you and it's tough because you're you're looking for the next target, right? Mm -hmm. um, and when you're looking for the next target, you're not sure exactly where you're going to. If you have a target in your peripheral, we start to break down transitions just normal. Like we we know we're going to go from this one to this one. But we're spending too long on target. We need to make sure as soon as we break that last shot, we're using recoil to transition to the next target. And then um, as we come into the next target, we are breaking that shot the moment we have acceptability, right? So that's the first thing. I, obviously, a blind stage changes things a lot. And if you want to read the YouTube comments, you'll see that every stage should be a blind stage and you should be doing a stress test before it. You should bring <laughs> a freaking loved one on your back and have three backup guns just to make sure that you can fight like you you know train tra something like that right um also slow is <laughs> slow, slow yeah. and fast is smooth i don't know it's just all bullshit but um you you get the idea but a blind stage is interesting because it, it does add another element to it um and that one wasn't too you know you gross grossly blind obviously you had some you know some things to figure out but overall it was pretty wide open like you could look around pretty quickly and, and know where you're going to next so the, the big thing there was transitions um and that's the hardest part of a blind stage is making sure that you know where you're going to next um you can always sit there and pick apart reloads and say or how long did it actually take me to reload um how long were my splits on a target you know, you're making up a shot now one thing i'll tell you just as a quick tidbit uh, that I picked up from, I think it was Shannon Smith a few years ago. Um, imagine this. It's a game of numbers, right? This is a game of numbers. If you shoot 1,000 rounds at targets that have no shoots on them over the course of a year, 
there will be a percentage of hits on the no-shoot, right? Mm -hmm. So partial targets with a no-shoot covering it. So if you shoot a 1,000 rounds, maybe you hit the, the no-shoot um, 2% of the time. 3% of the time, who knows? Like we'll just call it, call it 2%. That's 20 hits on the no shoot, right? So if we consider that and then we say, all right, we're going to shoot three rounds at every no shoot. Now we're shooting 1500 rounds a year. And if we use that same 2% number, our number of hits on a no shoot has gone up drastically. So my, one of my goals, and this is a quick like training or not even a train, but a match like tip for you guys. One of my goals is to only shoot. If I have a no shoot, I only want to shoot two dark, two rounds at it. Because statistically speaking, if I shoot three, I'm now 33% more likely to hit a no shoot throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're you not doing game, makeup shots there. Yeah. Makeup shots. If, if I, now, if I know I missed, yeah. Yeah. Make it up. Right. But I'm going to take the time or ideally in the perfect world, I'm going to take the time to make sure I get my two hits on that. And not even not even having the back of my head is like a makeup shot's acceptable. And I'm like, oh, the target, sure, wide open targets, we can make up shots. But if it's a if it's a no shoot target, like we're not doing makeup shots on this because every makeup shot is a potentially an, another no shoot, right? Sometimes that hostage needs to be triple tapped, though. <laughs> the hostage, there's no longer a hostage situation. Yeah. That's the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I. Also picked out a couple videos. I went more recent for you to have fun with. This first one is uh, actually should be pretty easy to pick out apart. It's it's a pure manipulation stage. So mm-hmm. all the guns are unloaded and you work through them. The first two mags, so like your first mag of your pistol and first mag of your rifle were downloaded because I wanted to force a reload on those platforms. So with that, I noticed there's no snow. I don't have any snow. So it's super like choppy and laggy, which makes it really difficult to break mm-hmm. down any uh, manipulations. Because basically your manipulations look like trash when you're lagging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very slow. Yeah. Everything's very slow. It's all slow. <laughs> yeah. well, let's uh, try that again here. Let's see if we can... It might be because you're sharing uh, your desktop and not a tab. Mm. Those ones I was sharing were in Chrome. Yeah, because I just missed like all of the targets with pistol. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on there. They were getting blasted. It was like jailbait sure splits. Super fast, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fast, nonstop, like never even stop pulling the trigger. No, that's even time. worse now. No, it sounds yeah. It was like a machine gun. <laughs> you couldn't even hear the splits. It's so fast, I can't even see it. <laughs> Just spectacular. <laughs> oh. The best part is for anyone listening to this this episode, they're like, <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah. No, they're Is there a video posted somewhere that they can go and review this? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just going to close a bunch of stuff because it looks like uh, my, some of my RAM was being used up by different stuff typically typically this gets posted on youtube too so yeah. there 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 okay. is the video option but most of our listeners uh, uh listen via the podcast while they're so all of you guys or... listening on podcast 
Um, amazing things are happening right now. It is just <laughs> breathtaking and, and yeah. you're really missing out on a whole lot of nothing. So definitely yeah. go check out the video. Skip <laughs> forward until the point where you see uh, it'll probably be about 46 minutes in will be the video. Maybe. That I'm predicting the future. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Let's uh you want to try it again? Yeah, I'll give give it another go here. One more try. Is that any better? No. Still still pretty slow. It's still pretty choppy. Transitions yeah. look good. It's, it, now it's choppier. Yeah. Choppier. Now, one thing right there, just on a positional, posi- a, a positional base, like anytime that I'm going to lean around the left side of a, a barricade, I want to lead with my, my left foot. Anytime I lean around the mm. right side of a barricade, I want to lead with my right foot. So that was a great opportunity to, to use that there because what that does, if you kind of scroll back a little bit where you're shooting that rifle on the right side of the barricade, you're going to see it happening where your left foot is in the lead. And I want you to pay attention. All right, right there. Where Where is your next position? It's all the way to the left. Okay. Where are your hips pointing right now? To the right. To the right. To the right. Okay. So when we set mm. up in that position – to yeah, shoot those rifle yeah. targets, so our hips are bladed completely to the right, and we're not set up at all to go to the next position. So when we enter into a position, every time we enter, we should be thinking about the exit. So that's where I would say, okay, that's – yeah, you're shooting those rifle targets fine. Like there's no issues with that. Obviously, I can't see your hits. I can't see your, your splits and stuff there because of the, the choppiness of the video. But just off the position itself, I can tell that you're not set up to where you need to go next, and that's going to slow you down by at least a half a second to a second just getting to the next position. Okay. Cool. That makes sense? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I didn't see that, and that's that's super insightful. Yeah. But now you do, right? Now you can see yeah. it, and you're, mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. This yeah, side here is not a big deal step. because you're leading with that left foot. You're leaning into it. Um, the only thing I would say on this one is roll that freaking shoulder in. Like that's you know, shotgun 101. Make sure we get that thing rolled in. And, you're, and it looked like your splits were good. I can't really tell based off of the, the video, but um, mm-hmm. getting the, the shotgun rolled into position and get really aggressive with it. Like if I'm going to come in that position, I want to be freaking leaned in like, like I have no business going anywhere else. Okay. Like when you say leaned in, like you're leaning. I'm getting aggressive to... with it. Yeah. yeah. I want to be leaned into that thing. Um, because it, can you shoot in that position? Yes. And obviously you did well, right? But can you shoot better? Yes. And that's that's going to come from being more aggressive with your structure so that shotgun doesn't push you around at all. Okay. That's, that's how you get fast shotgun splits. Okay. Uh, so I got another one. Here, well, hopefully it'll work out. And this one had started off with two long rifle targets, 150, 200 yards. Okay, right here, I can already tell you, you should be doing a reverse kneel. So that right knee should be up underneath well, your elbow. See, I, okay, I, I did try that. It seemed like it was a little high for me. I'm like five foot eight. I'm, I'm a yep. short guy. Yep, so let, let me, if anyone's watching the video, I'm going to give you a breakdown on this real quick. Um, 
So if you have a situation where you have a reverse kneel that seems a little bit high, like this one, obviously I can get that elbow down. I'm going to change to my camera angle here real quick. I can get my elbow down, no problem. Let's say I come up to here, right? And I'm like, all right, I cannot get the elbow here. I'm going to go like where you were, which is all the way over here. If you will bring your knee, your, your, what's your shin vertical, okay? I want my shin vertical directly below my elbow, and I can get my stock a little bit higher on my shoulder, and I am almost, and this is really high, this is much higher than you were shooting there, but I can almost get a reverse kneel here. Uh, if mm -hmm. I bring my foot up, now I can. But as soon as I drop my foot back at all, like there is zero chance. You have to have shin vertical directly under your elbow and then make the contact there. This is not something you want to hold long, like lifting your heel up off the ground. You don't want to hold that for very long. But just this right here, by getting the stock higher up on my shoulder, I can drop my, my elbow down a little bit lower. Um, and it's doable. So a lot of times when I have people who are like, I, I just, it's too high. As soon as we show them that, um, suddenly they can get the reverse kneel. So okay, play around with that. Cause I would be willing to bet money that you could have gotten a reverse kneel off of that position. Hey, well, next time I'm out with the range, I'll, I'll give that a go. Thank you. Try it out. Yeah, for sure. Same thing right there where we talked about earlier, hip direction. Right. If you're going to lean to that right-hand side, have that right foot forward. Okay, so with that position, coming in here. Right here, yep. Yeah. So this is where I would want to have right foot forward on that fault line, left foot back with my hips opened up, and that's going to square my chest to those three targets. Cool. Right. Yeah. So that would have been either entering with the left further back or try and enter with the right foot, basically. Yeah. I mean, that that's not so much of a big deal um, where which foot you're entering with, because that's going to change based off your distance from the, the entry point. But how you set up into position is totally up to you. Okay. Man, those hits are high up on your berm. That was a good, <laughs> good transition. So let's go back to that, that transition rifle to pistol real quick. Let's touch on that for just a second. So right here, you flip the safety on, you grab the buttstock with your left hand as you're coming up to the barrel. And as you dump that in, now you're, you're a little slow getting to the pistol. The pistol should have been out by the time that rifle touched the bottom of the barrel. Okay. Um, but that's the proper technique. That's the proper process that we use. So that's one of those things that I break down. Every every single one of these transitions is is has its own process, right? And when you work the process in dry fire, then it comes out and plays out and matches. And it's one of those things in in the in the multi gun mastery course. I freaking we hammer these transitions because there's a ton of time that you can be that you can lose on those transitions and you didn't lose much here. You could have gained maybe a half a second, maybe a, you know, three quarters of a second there just by getting that. As soon as we, as soon as I flip that safety on, I get my hand on the buttstock, my hands going for my pistol. So I will actually run. Like if you look, um, I posted a video on my YouTube last year at the multi-gun nationals in uh, Clinton house, South Carolina. 
And on that video, I talked about stage planning. And one of my stage plans was I'm going to be running up to this position with the rifle out and my pistol out at the same time. And I'm going to be dumping my rifle so I can immediately transition to my pistol because it was a little bit of ground that I had to cover, kind of like what you had to do here, right? right. So as soon as I took my last shot with rifle, safety went on. I transitioned, you know, right here to my buttstock. And I was basically running with a rifle upside down in my hand and my pistol in this hand. And then I dumped. And as I dumped, I was able to immediately start building my grip for those targets um, with pistols. So that would be really the only thing there. But the process itself was good. Just get your hand, your pistol a little bit faster. Okay. I can't really tell what's going on. There's stuff going up and down and. Yeah, yeah so with, with the two stomp pads, we had a drop turn and then a clamshell. So I was uh, I was taking the drop turn first and then the clamshell. And then... Yeah. Oh, no. uh, I mean, I, it was choppy, but it looked yeah. fine. It's a cool array. And then here, realizing I... Load. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't reload. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, we all miss that sometimes. Yep, it happens. No, I mean that's that. Those are the the, the main points I'd be looking for on that stage. Those transitions in your your setup into those positions as you come around the those awkward corners, right? This that's a, a movement heavy stage, right? You got to make sure that, that stuff's squared away. Right. So yeah, keep keep your hips facing where you need to go next. Mm-hmm. And definitely facing the targets if you can. Mm -hmm. So one of our listeners, which is also, uh, weirdly enough, it's uh, <laughs> Kyle's brother. I uh, said, minus the choppiness of Kyle's video, is that's kind of what we're looking for, for filming, um, basically. He just wants to know. If we'll post a link to Joe's video. On yeah. Yes, yeah. Where, where, where is where is that video, Joe? The first that video is uh, on YouTube, or it was on YouTube. I pulled it up. I was trying to find it. I don't see. Let me see if I can search my channel here. Um, videographer. It's got to be. Uh, yes, getting the angles. How to be a GM videographer. It is a uh, um, a two year old video that we posted, but it was a it was a good time. And, and there's some shenanigans in there. I'll put this into your in the comments i think i could put it in the comments maybe um i got I it yeah yeah i got it i'll put it in the comments okay. there so um yeah that's the uh that's the video where we we talked about that um and, and like i said it was a good time it, and, and it does kind of break down what you should be looking for um as a videographer like filming somebody else and what you can ask for um when you get somebody to film for you Awesome. I'm going to share this video on my local three gun group. Awesome. <laughs> some, of them, some of them need to watch it. <laughs> guys. Well, it's been fun guys. I got to get, get out of here shortly um, and, and get my kids to bed and hang out with them a little bit. But yeah. uh, thank you guys for having me on. Do you have anything else we need to cover? No, uh, we're no, that's, lost your time. Thank you. Yeah, That was awesome. Thank you for coming on. Hey Joe. Yeah. Absolutely. Where can mm -hmm. people find you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is Joe underscore farewell. And then uh, dryfiremastery.com is my website. One of my websites. That's where I do all of my dry fire training. I have 
a course for handgun foundations, which is, you know, kind of getting started in pistol, uh, yeah. how to pick the right ammo, you know, how to get comfortable with dry firing, how to train at home. Uh, that's a great course. And I'm actually going to be releasing options to, to buy all these gifts. So if you have a loved one that bought a gun that doesn't know how to use it, this is a great course for them. Um, I get a lot of like sons buying their parents this course just because it's like, Hey, I would like you to go to the range and train, but they never do. So at least you have some sort of an understanding of what to do. Um, and then he covers all the fundamentals and, it, and I take you through like working from, a, from concealment, working around cover reloads. Like there's actually some good drills in there and all of the fundamentals that you need to know in it. From there, I have the uh, competition handgun course, which I just released in October. And that is my most in-depth, like, I put a ton of effort in this course. And that course covers everything from how to get started in competition, how to find matches, what to do when you show up to a match so you don't get DQ'd, um, the gear that you need. And then, like, that's the first two modules. And the next four modules cover, like, technique, process. How do you actually structure your dry fire? How do you what foot do you step into a position with on your movement? Like what foot do you exit if you're doing a hard exit? Um, it, and so there's a ton of videos. It's over 80 videos in that, in that course. Um, wow. Plus another like 15 or 20 videos from guest instructors that had come in and do like their favorite drills. So um, it's, there's a lot of just, it's everything I could possibly think of like movement wise and, and competition handgun wise, I dumped it in that course. Like I don't hold anything back and it's all process based, all timer based. Like how do you actually make this shit happen? Um, and then the third course I have, which was actually my original course was a, the multi-gun mastery. And that is uh, a 30 day course where I send you a, an email a day with the drill of the day that come, you know, it's a video and a drill. Um, and that one is focus on multi gun, so that'll take you through you know some pistol fundamentals, but everything is a drill. So you're going to get a drill per day, uh, and that's a great one, especially coming into winter season. Like you can, if you're a three gunner or you want to become a three gunner, like this is the the thing that you need because it's going to create a foundation that you're going to be able to build off of uh, in matches, and and it'll correct all those bad habits. Like if you are doing bad transitions, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on it. And I'll give you the process to do it right. So like, that's what, that's what dry fire master is all about. Uh, dryfiremaster.com. And then uh, Instagram, YouTube is where I'm, I'm mainly hanging out. Okay. And then some of those other courses are available at uh, farewellfirearms.com. Yeah. So I do, I have a farewellfirearms.com, which is my, my training website. Um, I have like my dry fire or my, uh, my challenge target on the ergo challenge. I have my course schedule, which I don't have anything on right now, except for, Actually, I don't think I have anything on there right now. I just opened up my Winter Paradise Summit. For you, for you Canadians, you guys should be coming down here for Winter Paradise Summit. Um, I don't know if I'll have any slots. It always sells out super fast because I only opened up to 36 people. And when I open it up, it sells out like pretty much immediately. So look for it in probably February, March. If you guys okay. want to get in like on the wait list, let me know. But um I always open it up to alumni first and usually we have about 70% of it sell out to alumni because everyone wants to come back to it. So that that's three days of training here in Florida um, with myself, Donovan Moore from point one tactics and Nick Young from VLUX training group. You rotate classes. So you get a full day of pistol, full day of rifle and a full day of movement slash two gun. 
with me. And it is so much fun. We just finished it up. So last week was Winter Paradise and it was absolutely epic. Um, Just if you want to shoot and you want to get better shooting and you want to build like cool relationships and eat some really damn good food, this is the place to be. Like it's, and it's December in Florida. Uh, (laughs) It was actually way too hot this time. It was 87 degrees. 87 degrees. (laughs) We're sweating our asses off. Um, all weekend, but it was fantastic. Sounds well, that's amazing. a selling point. <laughs> I'd like to put my yeah, You like had me at winter in Florida. Florida. Yeah, that's, yes. that's all I need to hear. <laughs> well, and, and for you Canadians, if you need something and you need to come down here and you need to borrow something, let me know. I'm sure we can make it happen. Yeah, because we shoot 180s, remember. I don't know what that is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's it's turn around and walk the other way. It sounds like communism to me. It's just a red flag. <laughs> the communist. Oh flag. my gosh. Awesome. Okay. All well, right. thanks so much. Thank yes. you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Hit me up if you have any questions, and I'll see you on the next one. All right. Sure. Sounds good. Thanks, Hopefully, Joe. see you on the range show. Cheers, guys. Later. Thanks again to Joe for coming on and telling us all about uh, match video analysis. I really like it. I think we yeah. should do some more, Kyle. In the future, yeah. let's do some more uh, yeah. because even with the two of us, like we can hack each other's uh, or Moe's or Kelly's uh, videos apart just by looking at them. We're going to do it, Kelly. Yep. Get your footage ready. Put it on Google Photos or somewhere online so it shares properly. Yeah. Joe just made us pros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learned all we needed to know he gave us everything i'm pretty sure he told us that this is yeah. everything you need to know i took the notes. foot forward thing i already do that well like it's just more comfortable for me well see i, I not going in though. there i was standing like i would normally shoot a rifle and that, that was cool like pointing that out and it's one less movement you have to make to get going to your next position yeah mm-hmm. that was that was awesome yeah, like, it, it, Kelly. If you think about it, when you're shooting a pistol, you'll you'll go in a fighting stance. You put your left foot forward and your right foot back. If you're right-handed, right, you'll naturally do that. But then, if you yeah. have to explode out left, maybe it's worth. Oh, it's totally worth it. Even just sitting here, I, I can I can feel yeah. it. See, so that's how you know Joe's a pro. Uh let's see. Facebook. Uh, Russ is saying shellacking the Alberta <laughs> man. No. It was a resounding victory last year. This year, yeah, it was a little little victory for for Kelly this year. <laughs> uh, Eric saying with false data, lol. No, I'm pretty sure it's real. Pretty sure. One hundred percent. But we we put it through. Who's the you know? Who's the does the Oscars and they always talk about this information is validated through TD Waterhouse. That's it. Uh, yeah, you guys are going. I don't freaking care. <laughs> the Oscars, who's she? Yeah, right. Fake news. Your like your curve of your maple seed metrics was going like this. We we're both going like this, and then yours went like this. Oh, the classic and went on top F. of mine. <laughs> classic F shaped. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, emails. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> YouTube, Kyle, you got those? I got them. Yep. So we got a few uh, comments on last week's episode. Tony commented, 
10 hours north of Calgary. I'm guessing high level Alberta. And actually that she was from Manning. Was she not? She's from Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a few comments from Eddie 7848. Kelly, how many rounds before your rifle trigger group gummed up? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, we, had Adriel. Rick, we had Rick and Kelly through, and like uh, one time I had Rick through, and I looked at his loaner rifles. And I'm like, oh my God, how long has it been since you cleaned these? And he's like, wow. What's cleaning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kelly's the same. Kelly's cut from the same cloth. Yeah. yeah what's cleaning? Uh, goes on. Adriel, no lever yep. revolution ammo to test in 3030. Speaking of almost ballistically the same, how about 260 rem versus 65 Creedmoor? I would do that if 260 was more popular and I could find some. Mm-hmm. I, I do videos as I learn about them. So like 65 Swede, like I'm like, oh, I think this is kind of close to Creedmoor. So I look it up and I do a bunch of research and then I fire them and I'm like, oh, it is. So yeah. like most of my videos are, are like me researching in real time. I log them to the website as I'm going along and uh, and when it gets to a certain point of publish. Yeah. yeah. And no lever revolution ammo. <laughs> um if I could find some, I would have been uh using that because the mm-hmm. ballistics off of it are so much better. But even this <laughs> stuff, it wasn't that bad. Like at two hundred, I can still plunk a deer with that. Yeah. Deer aren't just... invincible. Deer like yeah. You put a centerfire round into the boiler room on a deer, it's there. 100% lethal. It dies. Yeah. It's, yeah. I got given some 3030 ammo today. I have no idea what it is. It was in a random box, and he's like, here, here you go. It's always nice uh, to be given ammo. Yes. Unless it's nice. Baba's hot kissing hot loads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Factory ammo, yes. Somebody yes, I, I'm pretty load. sure it's factory ammo. Reloads and going. Uh, then are you saying the kid that got 12 years for 3D printed guns will probably get a lot less after appealing his sentence? No. Hmm. Actually, no, no. No. Uh, he will with time, like once he's time in, served. Time yeah. served. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll be out sooner than that sentence. So with 12 years, yeah, he'll get, so it's two for one for um, pen time or sorry, provincial time. And then when we look at it, so eligibility dates. So his it's one third for his first sort of day parole, full parole, and then it's um, three quarters. They'll, they'll let him out as early stat, as possible. As he has to. So yeah. when we we're talking about it, he'll probably be out within three years if he's yeah. doing the eight. Just saying. You're the okay. pro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And uh, we got a few more comments here. Uh, We got Eddie. You can thank the show Yellowstone for the inflation on lever actions. Everyone suddenly wants to be a cowboy with a lever rifle now. And the fact that no one's making them. Sorry, go ahead, Kelly. And I exactly that. I think that nobody's making them anymore. One, because when Marlon, Marlon got sold to, um, what was that? There was a beep. Hmm? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, not a lot of people are making them anymore. We also know that Marlon got sold to Ruger, correct? 
Um, but yeah, also going to be a higher price point. They never lower. They're not going to lower the price. The Winchester 94s are, I believe they're made, being made in Japan right now. Yeah. So they're not, they're not going down in price either. And, and the reality got out of it. Yeah. Sorry. And the reality is that gun prices are going up just because it's only what's available that we can get. It's oh, believe it. Like, I'm gonna savage like savage six uh, axis went up like ten percent a yeah. year over year. Who cares? Yeah. Levers went up double in the last four years. It, you know, Mossberg brought out the four sixty four at the wrong time. Great idea, value price lever action. They brought it out. What was that? Four years ago? Five years ago? Terrible timing. They should just like crack that out of the mothballs and get it going again because they could be selling those things for seven hundred bucks. Easy, easy. They were selling them for like four or five hundred bucks before. They could be selling them for seven hundred right now. There's nothing on the market even close. Everything's a thousand plus. Brand new Win 94, 1300 bucks. Brand new uh, Marlin 336, uh, 12, 12, I think at minimum. They could be selling them at seven very easily and making crap loads of money. That's all I gotta say about Mossberg. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. Okay. Uh Tony's going back a few years here now. Uh he comments on episode 391, becoming a pal instructor. Uh hey Adriel, David might have stolen your business for Tony's RPAL training. Maybe you shouldn't have mentioned his name on air a few weeks ago. I owe you a beer or soft drink next time I see you. <laughs> Well, I don't really feel like traveling down to Calgary, so he can yeah. take that business. <laughs> and then he's got a uh, few comments on the special episode with Dave. Trap with Red Dot and 18-inch barrel, and probably not the last time I'm doing that either. And he says, for reference, this episode was about gun space and reloading was mentioned. Wet tubbling really saves a ton of hassle. There is much less ventilation requirements. You can collect the wastewater in a jug and take it to a disposal location. In Calgary, it is free to dispose of hazardous liquid waste. Drying the brass is relatively harmless. Yeah. You just put it down the storm drain, right? Yeah. It ends I'm going to just play with your used motor oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ends up at the water treatment plant, right? It goes to the same place. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then our last YouTube comment is also for Tony on the special episode with Dave. I have an Ikea dinner table as a workbench in the corner of the basement. Got the table super cheap, secondhand, as it already has have nicks and dings everywhere. Doesn't affect the function at all. As a reloading bench, I would recommend the bench plate system from Lee or inline fabrication to reinforce the press mounting surfaces, surface and distribute the pressure. I would also suggest not a dinner table for your reloading press. Uh, yeah. mm, I do a bunch of it on. Well, I used to do a bunch of it on a dinner table, just like clamp it on there. I like it like, super solid. solid. Yeah. Just clamp it on there. Good. Cool. Any other comments? Right. Nope. That is it for YouTube. All right. Moving on. Um, like there was a lot of, like uh, comments on Discord, but I don't think anything specific for the show. Uh, if you'd like to buy something from Cabela's or Brownells, 
uh, take a look. Go to, go to our website first. Click on the link. And uh, by clicking on the link, you'll help support the show. We'll talk about your anonymous purchases once per month. And uh, Brown Health's just changed their affiliate network, too. So I know i got to change those, too, and sign up for something separate. Oh, no. <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. Anyways, that's a thing. Uh, thanks to our supporters on Patreon and Player. If you'd like to support us, head on over to one of those. If you'd like to email the show, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, shoutouts? Recommendations? Uh, I'd like to shout out Joe for coming on and tearing apart her videos and teaching us about uh, match video analysis. And recommendation, go check out his stuff on YouTube and uh, social media. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I've got a recommendation. Uh, JJ McCullough has been like on a, he's been kind of like tackling this C11 thing, uh, which is our uh, requirement for CanCon for digital media in Canada, this new bill. Stop it. Just saying. I'm just, it's already yeah. been passed. I know it's, it's already, already been, been passed, passed, but I'm but just going to stop just it. Just because it's been passed doesn't mean that it, like the CRTC has to apply it in the way that the government. Because, like, the government gives, like, high-level, like, more Canadian stuff and make the YouTubes do some algorithm things. I don't know. We're not professionals. And then they make the CRTC do a bunch of stuff. And and he uh, spoke at the CRTC for their hearing on how to apply this thing, which uh, I think he was the only non-lobbyist um, from one of the, uh, you know, companies that sucks at the T to the government uh, for, for extra money. So... Uh, thank you for that, JJ. And his, his videos on Canadiana are, are high level and very um, easy to watch. So Any other watch, shout outs? Recommendations? Watch for them. Uh, I just yeah. want to give a shout out to the ladies that uh, came out and did the calendar shoots this weekend. All of our Gunny Girls past and present. I want to give a shout out to the all the rangers or sorry, the retailers that hosted us. I wanted to give a shout out to the OG of the Gunny Girls. Yep. And yeah, go buy a calendar, go register it, win some prizes, you know. They are practicing uh, very safe gun handling. Their fingers are off the trigger in every photo on in this thing. In every photo. Yeah. Because you know why? Gun owners would complain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd never hear the end of it. Yeah. A gun owner complain. Ever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, finally, join our Discord server. Oh, wait. Did I show you guys my sights for my Swedish rifle? No, no I forgot to ask not. about that. I just I saw that in Instagram. I go, oh Jesus Christ. Do it. You've solved the problem. Wait, wait. I've solved the problem. So this thing didn't have iron sights on it. It just had like smooth front barrel. It had bases on it, but you couldn't get a scope on because the stupid bolt was straight up and down. Uh, I have solved the problem. I put uh, Among Us uh, sights on there. And now I can actually use it. Nice. Uh, with that silliness, uh, join our Discord server. Watch us on Facebook, YouTube, and Player. Join the CCFR, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. See you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. 
when the talking is over it's time to get a gun